and give the Lord a good clap offering. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Uh, thank you, Jesus. How many know it feels good? Amen. It feels good. Come on, somebody. Amen. It feels good to be in his presence. If you have your Bible, turn to me to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. I, I want to be talking about the death of Elisha. The death of Elisha. And uh, you got to understand where I want to go with this this morning. Because here's going the death of a great man who had a great legacy, who had a, a great in, importation. Uh, uh, he, he picked up, amen, where his uh, um, spiritual father had left off and it did double attributes, double, double things. He's done, he's done so much and, and now he has been stricken and he is sick. And he's, he's sick because how many know that, that you'll face sicknesses in your life? You're going to face sicknesses in your life, amen. Some may not be uh, debt-threatening. Some might be, amen, just for a short time. Some sicknesses might be for a while. Uh, um, some might just come and go. Um, some might uh, be a sickness that might be a, a disabling sickness, a, a sickness that will try to weaken you. And I'm saying that is, is, is because I need you to see this this morning. If you look at the sickness, you'll never look at the victory. If you keep your eyes on the problem, you keep your eyes on a situation, you won't see what really God wants to show you. Amen. Uh, you, you begin to look like and you look in the car, you look in the mirror, it says uh, uh, um, obstacle is closer than you think or, 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 or something like, I forget what it says in the mirror, it says, it, what does it say? The obstacle might be closer than you think when you're about to turn into another lane. And so sometimes you can be misled by what you see. And I don't want you to be misled, amen, by what the enemy is trying to tell you. See, God wants to do something tremendous and something powerful in this house and with his people. That he needs to come on somebody with his people. That he wants them to understand that they need to do an uprising. They need to have an uprising in themselves. They need to have a revolution within themselves. They need to wake up within themselves. Come on, somebody. Amen. It can't always be the king that has all the jujus. Come on, somebody. It can't always be the pastor who's always jumping and shouting. It can't always, come on, somebody, always be, amen, the pastor, the king. He needs some men and women that arise and create a revolution and a change in the theology. Listen carefully of our philosophy, how we carry ourselves. Sick people act like sick people. Hurt people act like hurt people. Devastated people act like devastated people. Comadres act like comadres. A roach is a roach. 
But a king is a king. A queen is a queen. Come on, somebody. A victor is a victor, not a victim. How do you see yourself? What do you see yourself like? Amen. Elisha in chapter 13 or verse 14, it says, Elisha had became sick with the illness of which he would die. Now, the sickness that he had was a sickness of death. Death was knocking at his door. Death was coming to his house. Death was coming after him. Before he even was knocked on the door of death, he had knocked down doors of death. He had knocked down many illnesses and many miracles and many great things that happened, amen, in his life. But now he was at a point in his life where he was dealing with something. And was he going to stay in the place of death? Was he going to stay stuck in his sickness and let it overtake him? Or was he going to have one more exploit? One more thing to talk about. One more thing they can look at, amen, and say, look at, amen, and this guy still rose up, still stood strong, still believed, caused a revolution to take place simply because he trusted God. Then the Bible says, then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face. And he said, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel, the horsemen, He's saying, here comes death. He's seen his comes death. Because it's the same thing Elisha's seen when Elijah was choking out. And Elisha said to him, church, see, this is the picture I want you to see really quick before I get going. Here comes the king. And the king is seeing the picture. He sees the picture of Elijah and Elisha. He's seen the picture of Elisha and Elisha. He, Elisha Elijah told Elisha, if you see me go, you can have my anointing. He told him, if you see me get taken up and taken up, you can have, you ask me whatever you want and you can have it. And he tells him, I see the chariots. I see everything going on, everything taking place. He tells them, what do you want? He says, I want a double portion of what you got. Listen to the words of this king again. Listen carefully to the words of this king. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, oh, father, oh, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. He's telling him the same thing that he said to Elijah. He says, I see a chariot of fire coming down for you. He's getting ready to have an importation. This king is getting ready to get something that will revolution his life. He's about to get something that will change him forever. He's about to grab a hold of something that was going to make him, amen, a legend in his own time. Not in his own mind, in his own time. Because some of us are a legend in our own minds, amen. 
But he was about to become a legend in his own time. He was about to become a king that will be unstoppable. Come on, somebody. He was about, amen, uh, to create, amen, a movement that was going to be so powerful, that was going to be heard, that was going to be shooken. Uh, it was going to be just, 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 mm. Mm. Amen. And it goes on in, in verse 15, it says these words. And Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Now, you got to look. Here's a picture. Here's Elisha. And he said, and he, and he said to him, take a bow. He, he's telling them to king while he's on his deathbed to take a bow, to get a, a bow and arrow. And, and, and he wants him to, to, to take it, amen, to grab a hold of it. Well, he's sick. And you can imagine uh, the king thinking, uh, the man thinking what's going on here. But he tells him to, to take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on the bow. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. Mm, mm, mm. we'll get back to that right now then Elisha said shoot and he shot and he said the arrow of the Lord delivered deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria and you must strike the Syrians at Epcot till you have destroyed them here's the picture he says uh, he says grab a bow and, and grab some arrows and uh, they're supposed to be here they're not here yet they'll be coming a little bit they're as slow as a train amen and, and he tells them uh, to come over here and he calls them to come and when he calls them to come he says come over here amen come on amen Thank you. He tells them to come over here. And when he tells them to come, he tells them, bring some arrows. And he wants you to bring the bow. There you go. Amen. The bow. He says, and I want you to bring them to me. He's giving them weapons. He's telling them what he needs. How many times have God told you what you need to do? How many times have God told us in our personal life what we need to do, but we still look at our sickness and do nothing about it? We still look at our situation and we do nothing about it. He tells the king, bring the bow and bring some arrows. And he brings them and he says, and he puts his hand on the bow and the arrows, he puts his hand on him. And he blessed him and he's imparting to him. He's imparting to him. You see, later on he dies. And people talk about there was no impartation. He was imparting to him a double portion. But he didn't want it. Because there's a lot of people that don't really want it. Mm. 
People think that the dull portion died out there. It didn't die out there. He was trying to give it to this person and didn't really want it. Because sometimes you work with people who really don't want it. And there's never an uprising. There's never a revolution. There's never a change in church. There's never a change in strategy. People say, well, we have more things to do. I'll do. No, you don't. No, you won't. You liar. Because when there was, we still couldn't find you. See, an uprising and a revolution begins with you. Come on, somebody. It begins with us. It begins with us. It, come on, somebody. It begins with us. It begins with us. It begins here with the king. And, and all the time, we got to understand, here's the king. And, and here's the king, and he's there. And God wants us. See, we're all called to be kings and priests. You're a king. You're a queen. You're important. So what you do is very important. He goes on, listen to me carefully, church. He goes and he puts his hand on the bowl and he puts his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on in the king's hand. There we go. It was, it was right there. Just like, they just like just sat there right there. Church. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha shot and he shot. Mm. And he said, the arrow of the Lord delivered Deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. And you will, he tells them to you have destroyed them. He opens up the window and he says, Once you go and I want you to shoot it out. He throws it out to the east. Throws it out, amen, to the east side. He shoots it out. Come on, somebody. Some of you got happy doing that. What I like. He throws it out. And then he, he gives them instructions, church. He gives them instructions. Now, now listen to this. Open the east window. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, he, let's get ready. The arrows of the Lord uh, deliverance and the arrows of deliverance from Syria. Mm. <sighs> He's telling them you have deliverance in your hand. Well, these arrows that are in your hand are deliverance. Some of you, deliverance is in your hand today. Come on, somebody. You need deliverance? Deliverance is in your hand today. Deliverance is in your hand today. He tells them what's in his hands. He tells them what he's holding. He tells them the importance of what he has in his hands. Some of you might not think you have anything. You have something very important that's in your hands. Amen. You have something that's very important that's in your hands. And he looks and he shoots and he does all this stuff. Now this is what I need you to see. And then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel. Now he said this to the king of Israel. He said this to the man of God. He said this to the woman of God. He said, I'm telling you right now. He says, I, I, I told you. To take the arrows, so he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Listen carefully. He had the hand of deliverance in his hand. 
The power to make change, the power for breakthrough, the power to do what needed to get done. He had it in his hands. He had anointed him. He had touched him. He had transferred a powerful anointing in his life. He, he had seen the chariot come in. He had seen great things take place. He looked and he felt it. He knew what was going on. And he goes and he hits one, two, three. And that's how we are sometimes. I love Jesus. Cut it by church. God is moving. My life has changed. I'm stuck on stupid. I don't know why we don't do nothing else. I'm doing the same thing. It's in your hands. What are you doing with it? How are you acting? How are you? Well, I don't see you. I don't see like God. Jesus. No. Let's go for a walk to Day. Let's take a bike ride today. Let's go swimming today. And in your hand, you have power, deliverance, healing, restoration. In your hands, you have an uprising. In the hands you have a revolution. And in your hands you have something that can change the world. But you want to pass it on to someone else. But you want to blame someone else. But you want to pass the buck to somebody else. See, when you read the Bible, it's personal. Someone say personal. The death of Elijah was a personal thing. When somebody's passing away, only personal people are involved in the death part. When someone's on their deathbed, not just anybody can just walk in. Only certain people can come into that room. When he walked into that room, he was dying. He was going in there because he was going to get his covenant. He was going to get his inheritance. He was going to get something put in his hand. He went and he picked up and there he is hitting. And that's what the church is doing now. The church is just like, I don't know. And we're doing that in our actions. We do that in our giving. We do that in the way we come to church and the way we do things. Is it now is just like we're just surviving. 
But pastor, our building burned down. That was a year ago. Get over it. Hello. It's like a pregnant woman who has a cesarean after 15 years. Oh, it still hurts. Get over it. What are you going to be doing say, 10 years from now? Oh, our building burned 10 years ago. Oh, it really hurt me. So that's an excuse for us to stay stuck. The excuse to us to lose our fire. The excuse for us to not be motivated no more. Come on, somebody. Not be excited no more. It's just a Marriott. To you, it might be just a Marriott. But it's just the other church we use. To you, it might just be that. <laughs> you struck the ground three times and stopped. What, 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 what was to show you? goes to show you a big picture here. But right before I go into that, I want you to see this. And the man of God was angry with him. Someone say man of God. Man of God. Man of God. He didn't say just a man. He said a man of God. A prophet. A man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it but you will strike Syria only three times. Mm. Mm. The sad thing about that church is right after that, Elijah dies. Then Elisha died, excuse me, Elijah died. They buried him. The raid bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha and when the man was laid down and touched the bones of Elisha he revived and stood on his feet I want to show you something here right quick there's nothing ever spoken about the man that was revived from the bones of Elisha Nothing ever spoken about him in the Bible after that. You can study on him. You can try to read about him all you want. But no one talks about that guy. No one ever says anything about that man who revived. A man revived. You know why? Because a king who had the power and the authority to enter into the chambers of a prophet, of a man of God who walked in with him, who had him touch his hand and place his hand on his hand and anoint him and bless him and says, I see the chariots coming. All this stuff come back and only hit the ground three times. One, two, three, and not really care. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. 
the prophet gets mad and angry and told, if you would have, man, God damn it, just kicked him and beat the hell out of it. And had an uprising and, and a revolution breakthrough in your heart, in your life. It would have changed the whole nation of Syria. Everything would have been broken, but you did it and you ruined it all. That I had to pass it on to a nobody. That when my body was in a tomb, dead in a tomb, a body was thrown on it and revived. God said, I want revival to revive. I want my church to revive. I want my people to revive. I want my leaders to revive. I want my pastors to revive. I want the living word to revive. I got a full force blessing. Do you want it? Then get up and get it. Come on, hallelujah. Get up, hallelujah. Come on, begin to shout, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Church, it's us. It's us, it's us. It's not nobody else, it's not this, it's, it's, it's not that church, it's not this church. Stop talking about churches, man. Stop blaming pastors. Stop blaming leaders, man. Focus on yourself. Come on, focus on yourself. Last night, man, my, my, my wife walked the last night and said that I was just breaking the spirit. And I was just praying. She was, you know, can't just start praying. Praying all night, praying all night. And I just felt something just terrible. God said, my people have forgot to uprise. They forgot to rise. They forgot to rise. They're, they're, they're stuck kneeling. They're, they're, some are literally stuck physically. Some are just, are just getting by, but there's no longer a rising. There's no longer a rising up out of the ashes. They're no longer rising out of the hurt, out of the pain. They're no longer rising out, out of the situation. There's no longer a revolution being stood. There's no longer a fire being passed on to each other. But just like, oh, see you at church. See you at church. If we're just going to see you at church, then why have church? Because I can have church anywhere. I don't know about you, but I can have church anywhere. We can have church anywhere. But if we're going to create a movement, and if we're going to have a revolution, and if we're going to change a world and a nation, then let's don't have church. Let's have an uprising. Why don't you lift up your hands? Come on, just, why don't you just begin to get a hold of God right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Father God, we don't want to just be people that just tap at one, two, three. 
God, we don't want to just get by, just survive. God, we want to have an uprising, God. Lord, we want to uprise it in the full force blessing, oh God. Lord, let it start with us. Let it start with us, oh God. The kings and priests that are in this house, oh God. Let it start with us, oh God, to create, Father God, an impact. Let us to create a heavy movement, God. Life-changing experience, oh God. Lord, that we would evaluate ourselves and that we would get out of our pride. That we would get out of our arrogance and out of our sickness, oh God. And then we will stop making excuses of what's not in our hands. And, and whether God, look at what it is in our hand, oh God. That what is in our hands and what, what we do have, oh God. And what you have empowered us with, oh God. You're here this morning saying, Pastor, I want to I wanna start an uprising. If that's you, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now. I said, God, I want to use me. God, use me. Use me. Use me to do an uprising. Use me to create a fire. Use me to create a movement. Use me to create, Father God, Lord Jesus, a revolution like never before, God. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to make excuses, God. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. Come on, church. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 It says that the man, the body that was dead, that revived and stood back on his feet. God said, let me get you back on your feet. Let me get you back on your feet. Let me get you back standing straight and strong and powerful and anointed. Getting you ready to do what I called you to do. I called you to do great and mighty things. I called you to cause an uprising. And it begins now. Hallelujah. Now. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, just begin to get a hold of it. Just begin to get a hold of it. Come on, come on. Come on, church, come on. Together, together, together.